Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. that we don't know or that hasn't been reported? We know a lot of things about our players that you guys don't know. But you didn't know what you thought you knew. Do the Cowboys know what a bad look this lucky whitehead deal is for them? And you know what they say about he who knows not and knows not that he knows not, right? Anyway, what's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. We'll circle back to the Cowboys doing lucky dirty in a few minutes and later ask Chauncey Billups what he knew about the Cavs and when he knew it. But we start with what LeBron may or may not do next time he sees Kyrie, depending on who and what you choose to believe. <laughs> That's right. Kudos to you, LeBron, for not using the term fake news. Uh, LeBron tweets that it's not facts, that if he sees Kyrie, there'll be some furniture moving. Only hashtag he was missing was blessed and highly favored right there. Uh, so, Mike, you believe LeBron, that he's just in his own little world, unbothered by all this trade drama with Kyrie, doesn't care one way or another, just living his best life? Well, you can't, doesn't care one way or the other, I think is an overstatement. But yeah, I, I believe that LeBron is not so upset by this that he can't continue to coexist with Kyrie and vice versa for that matter. I mean, all these people that are saying, oh, this relationship is beyond repair. Uh, it's, it's too far gone. There's no coming back from this. Yes, there is. He's under contract. And LeBron James is selfish from this standpoint. All he's worried about is contending and competing for championships. And he's so programmed to make the right play, he's not going to freeze out Kyrie. He's not going to cut off his nose to spite his face by cutting off Kyrie when it comes to running the offense and trying to win the most games and hopefully a championship for Cleveland as possible. Kyrie Irving suppressed it last year. Okay, remember, buried in this initial report was that he thought about asking for a trade after the championship. So if he was able to suck it up last year and perform enough to get them to the finals, if it comes down to it, he'll do the same. I expect both these guys, if they need to, to be professional once training camp and the season starts, and they happen to be very experienced when it comes to dealing with drama. Well, it's a little bit different, I think, if everybody knows it, because what we don't know is when LeBron got an indication of this, was the indication of this, was he like the rest of us? And we just found out essentially this week, or did he know uh, maybe last year that uh, Kyrie was a little bit unhappy or that he was seeking other possibilities in his career? I think they can coexist because much like a lot of arguments and disagreements, it's a lot different when you're face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Like right now, all, all they're doing is reading reports through the media and hearing this and that, and he said, she said, or, or he said, he said, and all this other stuff. And they talked. Um, no, I know they talked. Right. They and definitely so, talked. So I'm just saying that, you know, I think it's a little or bit... Or communicated, I should say. I think it's a little bit different when you're right here as opposed to hearing everybody else talk about what your situation is or isn't. So, yes, I think they can coexist, but I guess, and I don't expect, uh, I agree with you, I don't expect LeBron James to be petty about it. He's not going to pull up. No, he's not going to do that. But you do wonder that at various points where this kind of, there's got to be a level of distrust that has established itself given everything that's happened. But I think ultimately, if they're on the same team, they're going to realize, hey, we need each other to get where we want to go. We'll figure this out later. This is up to the Cavs. That's why LeBron's saying, I'm falling back. Cavs figure this out. He's not so wrapped up in it that he's going to say, get him out of here at all costs. He's going to play with whoever's there like he always does. All right, with anonymous sources and speculation driving the story, absent comment from Kyrie, the why behind his trade doesn't quite, his trade request, excuse me, perfectly doesn't add up. 
Uh, aside from the principal parties, though, Richard Jefferson is as solid a source as any. I think Kyrie is a hyper-intelligent kid. Really, really smart. Doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. And I think seeing that the franchise is in flux, I, I think seeing Griff leave and you know the amount of coaches, I, I think Kyrie has had a much tougher time in hit this stretch of the organization than anyone ever really wanted fully. He's a number one pick right after LeBron. Then he has three different coaches. Then LeBron comes back. You know, now there's trade rumors. Now it's LeBron's leaving. It's like at some point in time, even anybody would want some sort of stability. I don't quite buy that. And I respect the source of that. But here's what, I, what doesn't add up. And again, without hearing from Kyrie, and of course, Richard Jefferson is closer and more plugged in than I would ever be. But he wants to be away from LeBron. But he's worried about LeBron leaving. Those two things don't go together. Well, it, it makes sense because... No, it doesn't. Because if you're worried about LeBron leaving but you want to be away, why would you be worried about LeBron leaving or not? Well, like, which one is it? No, I think when he... At least the way I took it is, like, when he's worried about LeBron leaving, I think he's worried about the ripple effect from LeBron leaving. Not, like, him actually leaving, but, like, what that leaves him with and what... Which would be further instability. Because then, again, as, as others have pointed out, the team you're left with, if you're Kyrie Irving, is not exactly what you signed up for. Okay, but... You're asking for a trade with two guaranteed years left on your contract. The Cavs can trade you wherever they want to go, wherever they want you to go, whatever gets the best return for them. So they can trade you to someplace with less stability. Mm-hmm. With you, you may want the Spurs, the model of stability. You may want the Spurs or the Timberwolves who are up and coming or the, the Knicks. Excuse me. Did I just say the Knicks? Were the Knicks on his list? (laughs) Which is yet another reason why that doesn't make sense. So you're worried about instability, but the Knicks are on your list. (laughs) So, okay, which one is it? Like, honestly, this seems to me about he wants his own team, period, point blank, and the rest of it is just spin to make it look like he's not being selfish. Look, I respect somebody's ambition, but don't tell me you want stability when really, if you're talking about David Griffith, that's one thing. Ty Lue's not going anywhere, and you don't know what LeBron is going to do. But that's and part of you the problem. thought about asking for a trade last year. I- so it was less it's unstable, if you will, last year, and you thought about asking for a trade. So let's just call this what it is. He wants to be the focal point, which, again, if you want to be the focal point, the system is the focal point in San Antonio. You got another thing coming if you think it'll be the focal point there. I think it's, I think it's just more complex than that. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe he's just tired of feeling like he's on somebody else's career track, which inevitably is the downside of playing with LeBron James because of the way but he again, chooses to Jamel, conduct he's his not contract a free business. agent. If he had the opportunity to just just make a decision and say, you know what, I don't want to resign. But would you or if it was the last year, than later, but though, it's not Mike. his call, is what I'm saying. It's he may not. have misplayed this. If they end up trading him somewhere that's not on his list, that's not close mm-hmm. to contending, and he's now living a lottery life, then he's going to say, "Wow, you, you know, he's going to end up like Issa, Issa with Lawrence. He's going to be missing Lawrence just like Issa, wondering <laughs> yeah. what, where it all went wrong. Like, should I have really done this?" if they trade him somewhere he doesn't want to go. All right. Well, uh, Derek Rose, he signed a one-year $2 million deal to join the Cavs, which is the vet minimum. Now, when the rumors first began that Rose and the Cavs had mutual interest, the assumption was that Rose would be going there to be a backup to Kyrie Irving, but uh, that might not be the case now. Um, D. Rose, who knows? He mess around and be the starter, but roll aside, was this an impactful signing for the Cavs? I think the King has an ability to turn water into wine. There's a lot of people that you say, oh, well, I mean, look, J.R. comes to mind, you know, when they acquired him and he became uh, a useful player and an integral player to their championship chase. So while, no, Derrick Rose can't shoot. And throughout the last several years, uh, his health has been a question. I think something happens to people. And this goes back to why I and many others are, are confounded and confused about what Kyrie truly believes he's missing playing with LeBron or why LeBron 
reportedly is such a difficult teammate for him is LeBron tends to bring out the best in people. So whether look, if it's off the bench for the veteran minimum, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Derrick Rose deficiencies okay. notwithstanding. And if he ends up starting, look, he's a, certainly a downgrade from Kyrie if they end up moving him and he ends up starting for them. But LeBron's, with all due respect, taken much worse as far as he wants to when it comes to the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. I think it's, if you're looking at this from a bench productivity standpoint, it's, a, it's an upgrade because the Cavs, um, just looking at how they obviously played the Warriors. A look, upgrade to your, last, to your last impression with Darren Williams. Yes. That, <laughs> the last time you saw that. Yes, yeah. I, should, I should definitely qualify which was that. Not much which of was in the not, finals. Which yeah. was not good. Yeah. So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, it, it does seem like it will have some impact. But this is, in order for it to be impactful and for, in order for this to kind of really carry weight for the Cavs, you have to ask yourself with every piece they add or with pieces they subtract. Uh, is this something that gets them closer to beating the Warriors? Oh, well, the no. answer is no. no. But so I then, mean, I don't think that's what they're expecting signing. No, Derek I don't Rose. think that's Just... what they're expecting. But I think there is an expectation, certainly from LeBron James, that the things that they do go, uh, that they do moving forward, has to help them get closer to that. And so far, there's been nothing. I mean, they struck out in a lot of ways this summer. And while this is in some ways, helping them salvage a few things. Mm -hmm. It just, it's hard to read into what this exactly means, given that it doesn't get them closer to what is ultimately the only standard they care about. Well, two things. In terms of how you view Derrick Rose, and we know he has weaknesses, but how we saw him at the end in Chicago and how we saw him with the Knicks should not be how we view him in the Cavs situation, number one. And number two, it's interesting, Ramona Shelburne tweeted that Derrick Rose could not be sold on being a backup in L.A., versus he might be a backup here. So I guess that's saying I'll be a backup be, be with back. LeBron, yeah. but not with or to Lonzo Kyrie, Ball. But not to Lonzo Ball, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or or maybe he knows something the rest of us don't, which is a trade <laughs> might be inevitable. All right, now Bavada, an offshore sports book, has odds on where Kyrie will end up on opening night in October. Cleveland is still the odds-on favorite. Uh, that's where I put my money. But the Knicks' sons, Celtics, and Nuggets are all still in the mix as well. Now Ramona Shelburne, she joins mm. us now. Ramona, give us some insight. What are you hearing about where Kyrie will land? Well, I think two of those teams that you mentioned there, the Boston Celtics and the Phoenix Suns, are the teams that have the most assets to offer here, right? I mean, and, you know, the, the calls that I've made around the league, and it's in Boston really makes a lot of sense, but the sense from Boston, at least, is that, yeah, they'd be interested, but they don't really expect Cleveland to go and hand them a player that's taking them to three straight finals. So that's going to be hard to overcome if you're the Boston Celtics. The Phoenix Suns obviously already discussed a trade for Kyrie Irving involving the number four pick that became Josh Jackson, but I'm told, guys, that they will not put Josh Jackson in a trade going to Cleveland. They've actually told Josh Jackson and his camp that he would not be involved in that trade mm. because of how high they are on him. And so I think maybe the answer to the question is if you don't put Josh Jackson in the trade, you're probably not getting Kyrie Irving. But what's really scaring teams off here is that Kyrie has a list. And even though he's got three years on his contract, only two of those are guaranteed. And if you're not one of the teams that were on his list that was communicated to the Cleveland Cavaliers, then you have to worry in two years, is he going to resign with us long term? If you're not on that list, and you don't feel strongly about that, maybe you don't give up a premium young player like a Josh Jackson yep. to get Kyrie for these two years. See, Ramona, that brings me to what Zach Lowe wrote about. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're hearing the same thing, that the Cavs are trying to get the mother load for Kyrie Irving. They want right. one or two veterans who can help LeBron get their own Golden State, a mm -hmm. blue-chip young player, mm -hmm. and picks. And I wonder if LeBron and Kyrie mm -hmm. are going to have no choice but to work this out because if you're the Cavaliers and you got a guy that's under – team control for two more years, not one. You're not pressed to move him. On the level of Kyrie Irving, 
is their price tag going to be so high that given all the things you mentioned that maybe another team isn't going to be willing to meet it? In other words, the Cavs are going to be looking to win mm-hmm. this deal, not a win-win with whoever they may trade with. That's right. And, you know, Kobe Alban is the new GM there. This is his first trade. This is his first big move right here. He's got to get this right. And I think one of the things I've heard is that they've been doing a lot of studying of what's out there and teams that, and trades that have been made for comparable superstars at this age in their contract with the, with the amount of years left that Kyrie has left on his deal. And so they want to make sure that they get the best possible return for Kyrie Irving because you have to think of this is not just for this year, but this is the return that you get that's also hedging your bets if LeBron leaves. Because you can't trade LeBron. He's got no there trade clause, go. and he's not going to waive it. So you've got to get enough for Kyrie Irving to not only help you this year, but help you in the future. That's why you want a young guy and some draft picks, because they've been living for today for the past couple of years, ever since LeBron's got there. They don't have any draft picks left. They've got to replenish the, 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 the assets that they have as a team. Yeah, look, maybe they swallowed their pride this year. And if LeBron leaves, <laughs> ask Kyrie, do you want this team or you still want to be traded? And he's right. still got a year left. Thank you, Ramona. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. All right, a day after being released by the Cowboys, charges have been dropped against Lucky Whitehead in connection with the June 22nd shoplifting incident in Woodbridge, Virginia. Authorities have confirmed Whitehead's claims that he wasn't the man arrested and the case of mistaken identity led them to erroneously charge Whitehead. The Prince William Police Department said the man arrested didn't have ID on him and verbally provided the name, DOB, and SOS of Rodney Darnell Whitehead Jr. Officers checked the info through the DMV database and compared the DMV file photo with the man in custody. Whitehead, understandably upset, telling the Dallas Morning News, let's not sugarcoat anything. I was pretty much being called a liar. As far as the whole situation went down, I was blindsided. I didn't know about a warrant that came about in the first place, clearly because I wasn't the person arrested. No one had my back in the whole situation. I knew about it at what, 1245? About 2.30, I'm released. Here's Jason Garrett. Yesterday, we made a decision that we deemed to be in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, We're standing by that decision. We're going to move on. Uh, Yesterday, we made a decision that we thought was in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to stand by that decision. We're going to move on. fair to him to just keep saying that over and over? It's the truth. We made a decision that we thought was in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, We made a decision yesterday uh, that we thought was in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to stand by that decision. We're going to move forward. Why are some of the other players, Jason, dealing with off-the-field issues and still on the Cowboys? Guys, this will be the last time I'll say it. I appreciate your interest in it. Uh, we made a decision yesterday in regards to Lucky Whitehead that we think is in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. We're standing by that decision. We're going to move forward. <laughs> oh, only the Cowboys. You thought it was in the best interest. What would be so wrong with them saying we got it wrong? Okay, so here's the thing. This is what I'm struggling with with this situation. Obviously, the Cowboys, they didn't handle this appropriately. And and there was a a wrong in some ways that needs to be righted. But then I had to ask myself, looking at Lucky Whitehead and his track record, why that lack of trust was there to begin with? See, the whole thing is, if if I cheat on you and you don't trust me for a time, can I really blame you that you don't trust me? Because when he, Lucky Whitehead said, they didn't have my, black, my back, well, what about when you lied to them about the, the car accident you were in last year? Or what about this business with your dog being kidnapped? I'm not saying that those are necessarily individually justifiable reasons for him to lose his job, but the whole point is the reason why the Cowboys didn't believe this or didn't believe his story of that wasn't me was because of what he'd already done. But it wasn't him. Okay, but nevertheless, it doesn't separate you from the – he didn't get the benefit of the doubt because he earned not getting it. And so you can't be upset that they didn't have your back when you provided the disbelief in the first place. But it wasn't him. Okay. 
I'm saying, like, that's, if they were so fed up with him, they should have cut him before yesterday. They should have cut him before this situation. Well, if he could have been on his last chance, and this was... But this, he didn't blow it. This was, he didn't, I, and look, I'm, I'm not saying that... I know uh, life ain't fair, and uh, whatever they know about him... He, look, he's an And the reality roster. is he's not good enough for them to well, actually justify well, and, it. And that's the problem, because <laughs> if any team lacks credibility to stand on its high horse or to stand on ceremony, it's the Dallas Cowboys totally when it agree. comes to the situation. No argument Given the, uh, Jerry Jones, oh, we've had such success with troubled guys. And, you know, guys that, are, that get into, into issues, we tend to rehabilitate them. So, really, if you're into the... And this happens across the league. If you're into the roster guy, you had better not screw it up. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody that's, a, I don't know, a 1,600-yard rusher, they'll make all excuses in the world for you all i'm saying is if you wanted to cut him and you were tired of him you should have done it but now that you know that this was not something he was guilty of the right thing to do would be to bring him back and say okay man we got it wrong but you know you know no strikes left you got two strikes as far as we're concerned but you know what this is this is karma this will come back to bite him in the butt (laughs) one way or the other they'll get embarrassed again except they're dallas they're above (laughs) embarrassment right Correct. Okay. Um, a Boston University neuropathologist examined the brains of 202 deceased football players at virtually all levels and diagnosed CTE in nearly 88% of them. Dr. Ann McKee published her findings in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Of the 202 players examined, 111 of them were NFL players. And of those 111, 110 of them were found to have CTE. Now, here's a disclaimer. The study relied on self-selecting donors and not random samples. In other words, families with relatives who exhibited signs of CTE were more likely to donate their brains to this study. But still, how damaging uh, is this report? I'm not sure how, because, I mean, it it confirms what, what many of us have suspected the more we learn about concussions and head trauma and chronic traumatic encephalopathy is that Okay, repeated blows to the head is dangerous to your long-term health. But then you got people like Wes Welker recently. I think he told Mike Reese, I'm not worried about my brain exploding. Um, Players now, first of all, the NFLPA's number one area of concern is not head trauma, but rather pain maintenance and painkillers because everybody deals with pain management. Not everybody, despite these studies, not everybody is dealing with, uh, you know, repeated uh, head trauma or long-term effects of repeated head trauma. So I don't know that this is something that's going to scare players straight. Because right now they're more, they're less concerned about finding a different line of work or avoiding this line of work or playing a different sport than they are about getting more money for playing this sport. Like the conversation right now is how do we get guaranteed contracts? Not should we be doing this, but let's strike so we can get paid more for doing this. There are too many kids out there that are that are being pushed into the football playing pipeline based on the fact that it's seen as. Sometimes babysitting or, 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 or watch, a, a way to watch your kids or account for your kids when you can't or a way to get a college scholarship. There are just too many people willing and able to put their long-term health on the line for this game for it to be the type of thing that's going to kill football. I know people have speculated about the end of football being near. I'm not sure how close it is, and I don't think this study brings it any closer. So you feel like uh, the, the demand is still there, that the supply... The supply is still the there to meet there the demand when it comes to players to play this game, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, and I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot more guys that, that want to be involved in football than, than those that, who do not. But I can't help but, especially at this stage in my life, as I have more friends who have children and they're getting older and they want to play sports i just hear so many more mothers and friends of mine talking about and fathers talking about how they don't want their kids to play and so right now it looks that way but then you fast forward to 10 or 15 years from now and with things like this study 
basically warning us of what will happen to many of these kids and adults that go on to play football. I just wonder if that pipeline will ever, ever exist. Now, people used to say that about other sports, too. Like, nothing will ever happen to this. This will always boxing, be here. Yeah, boxing yeah. comes immediately to mind. And there are other sports, in fairness, that you can experience. Yeah, you know, head and trauma. football has soccer. A, yeah. They have garnered the most headlines. But I, I guess I worried about the future supply. And then to some degree, some of the some of the language and the campaigning around this by football people. Exactly. Like, I hate the term war, war on football. football. I can't stand but that But they're term. lining up on the front lines to defend this And game. I understand what football has meant to their lives. And yeah. they're right that it is not. We shouldn't see it as this destructive pattern. If I had a son, I would let him play football. Mm-hmm. All right. But it's not a destructive pattern that tears through everybody's lives. But at the same time, I'm not sure uh, that that kind of dialogue and framing helps. All right, the Panthers reported to training camp today, and notably present was tight end Greg Olson. Olson is seeking a contract extension a season after becoming the first tight end in NFL history to gain at least 1,000 receiving yards in three straight seasons. Here's Olson on why he decided not to hold out. We thought obviously long and hard about, about everything. Uh, you know, the last couple months, um, you know, kind of our position, the team's position, how a lot of things played out, um, you know, and then obviously things changed a little bit last week. Um, with the move to let go of Dave. Um, I just, at the end of the day, it really came down to with, with everything going on and you know, obviously now with the transition to Marty and kind of the slight chaos that went around for another week, I just didn't feel like it was right for me to kind of add fuel to that fire. And then you have Texans tackle Dwayne Brown holding out from training camp and incurring the fines and triggering de-escalators, Lewis Riddick. So you look at Greg Olson and his approach. Do you think that that's going to, I don't know, incentivize the Panthers to do right by him any more than they normally would have he held out? Because that's your only recourse yeah. is withholding your services. Yeah, I, I think it's one of these situations where it's probably the best way to get something done when you're only when you still have two years left on a deal like that. Now, look, Greg has outperformed his contract at seven and a half million per year. Look, Jimmy Graham, these guys are making ten a year. And Greg Olson's had three straight thousand yard seasons, which is something that just hasn't been done before. So if you want to get a deal done like this, one of the best ways to do it is to show some good faith, come on into camp and see if now Marty Herney and you can work out something to where they can kind of reasonably project what they think you may do in the future and maybe adjust your salary because that's yeah. what contract negotiations are, right? Yeah. In the NFL, it's not about paying you what you've done in the past, although players, I mean, we all have that mentality like, look, I put myself on the line and it produced for you in the past, reward me now. Front offices look at it like this. We're trying to project what you're going to do in the future. That's what they did when they signed him to the extension. He's outperformed it. Now he wants to be rewarded for it. To so, each his own. And I appreciate him being a man of principle. When he said it would have been selfish. It's like the team, the team's yeah, going to cut you if they exactly. want to. Right. Yeah. You know? I but, thought he was a little too hard on himself in, in that regard. But here's what I wonder is that is Greg Olson in a, a little bit of a unique situation? I know how the Panthers, they have a reputation for sometimes being hardliners, mm-hmm. and I know that was mostly under their last yeah. GM, but Marty Herney certainly sounded like somebody yeah. willing to take that same approach. Is Look, given what he means to that offense, mm-hmm. doesn't he have a lot of leverage right now? Look, they're trying to get back on track. They just had a, a, a terrible season. Uh, Cam Newton's coming into camp uh, supposedly at 246 yeah. times. 46 pounds, they're ready to go. So it seems like to me, now would have been the time for him to be quote unquote selfish. Am I reading that wrong? No, he could have. If he really wanted to look at it individually and say, hey, look, I know what I mean to this offense. I know what I mean to Cam Newton in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm his safety blanket, I'm his guy. Exactly. And without me, now what you're going to do. But you know what? Greg Olson's just not that kind of guy. It's kind of like what Tom Brady could do that to the Patriots too. He could have done it numerous different yeah. times. Say, hey, look, if I really wanted to blow the top off of the quarterback market, 
Just think about me as a free agent. Think about what people would pay me, let alone guys like Kirk Cousins. I mean, come on, get out of here. Think of what I could get. Greg could do that, but that's just the kind of player that he is. That's what he is. He, he, and it's one of those deals where when we sit there in, this, in the society that we're in where we're always looking about trying to maximize our income, you think, hey, man, you should probably be holding out and try and get yeah. yours because your career is coming to an end. You're mm-hmm. 32 years old. It's just not the kind of guy he is. Le'Veon Bell is that dude. I was about to say, speaking of getting paid, uh, he reportedly turned down a lucrative long-term deal with the Steelers that would have made him the highest-paid running back because he wants to be paid like a top-flight receiver and a running back. He's got a point. Instead, Bell will play under the franchise tag for $12.1 million this year. Now, he struggled with injuries, been suspended twice. Lewis, is it smart of him to bet on himself? Yeah, Even his position, no, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, this is, this is a tricky situation for him because in order to get paid like a top-flight receiver and in the, the top-paid running back, look, 12.1 is already blown away with the second-highest-paid running back Shady McCoy is going to make on an average per year, mm-hmm. on a per-year basis. So I understand his point. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look, statist- statistically, yeah. he has many, many arguments in his favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the past two years, receptions per game, I mean, he's at the top of the league as far as running backs are concerned. And you know he can produce 1K seasons as far as rushing the football with his eyes closed. He can do that without even going to training camp as long as he, yeah. one, is dependable and does the right thing off the field, and two, doesn't get any cheap shots on his knees on the sideline, what have you. But, look, I, I just don't think it's going to happen because now you're, you're talking about it's gonna, that would go above and beyond the $12 million exclusive franchise tag. Now you're looking at top flight receivers making $14, 15000000 million a year. You can yeah. get that for a running back? I know he's only 25, and, and look, but it's not going to happen. You said the key phrase that for a running back, he's considered a top flight receiver. But when you compare his statistics against right. other Bill actual Barnwell receivers, exactly. well it's, not the, it's not look, close. I, you can't be a holdout if you don't have a contract. So right. he's just not going to training camp, which right. is smart because yeah, yeah. his nickname is Juice. I'm calling him Bill Withers because the Steelers are about to use him up. So go ahead and, <laughs> and rest. That's a terrible, yeah, it, that's a terrible he'll nickname, He'll be just fine. Don't you ever slander Bill with no, oh, you mean Jay, me. No, Juice oh, is juice? a terrible nickname for Le'Veon Bell. Don't start. Look, people don't like it, but it's only one Juice. Chauncey Billis appeared on 9.50 a.m. in Denver this morning and suggested he wasn't shocked to hear Kyrie's trade request after doing his due diligence before ultimately declining Dan Gilbert's offer to be the Cavs team president. Also said he, if he were another team thinking of acquiring Kyrie, that he'd be quote-unquote alarmed by a player wanting out of a winning situation. That sounds familiar. Joining us now via telephone, Chauncey Billups, our own NBA analyst, and at one time a candidate uh, for the Cavs general manager job. Obviously, Chauncey, you made a lot of news uh, by some statements that you made to a Denver radio station about what maybe you did and didn't know about what was or wasn't happening between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. What exactly did you know at the time as you were doing your due diligence in terms of uh, being a candidate for the GM job. Well, Jamel, here, here's the here's the here's the gist of it, right? Like there, it was report, it was misreported that that I said that I knew that Kyrie, you know, I knew that he wanted to be traded while I was going through my process. That's a hundred percent false because facts are, Kyrie didn't have his meeting with that team with Dan and the team until after I ended up stepping out of the race. So that was false. However, what I did say is, you know, when you're going through a process like that, it's going to be, a, it could possibly be a, a life-changing situation. So you got to do your due diligence just as they were doing their background on me. So when you do that much, when you take a deep dive like that, of course, you know, you find out things about the team that most of the world probably doesn't know. And those kind of things go into your decision-making. But 
it wasn't that I knew that Kyrie wanted to be traded or not, or him and LeBron had beef. I don't know any of those things, but what I do know is LeBron is going to be a free agent, and the team doesn't have a whole lot of assets in the event that he leaves. Those are the kinds of things that you look at and you look at deeply and say, okay, is this something that you really want to do or not? So based off the intel that you had as you went through your process, were there any indications that there may have been some trouble brewing between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James? No, I had no indication that those two were at odds at all. Like, this whole thing was a surprise to me, um, that those two weren't on the same page. It was 100% a surprise to me. Usually, I mean, with me being a guy that I can usually sense these kinds of things, I've been in the league for so long and on teams, you don't have to like each other, but as long as you have a good, respectable working relationship, it can work. You can't even tell, you know, you can't even tell just by watching these guys that there was an issue, so... That whole thing was news to me. You also said that Kyrie's unhappiness playing with LeBron, reported unhappiness playing with LeBron, would be alarming to you uh, if you were a team looking to get him. You care to elaborate on that? Uh, You know, I just don't get it. Um, And here's why. And I I guess, you know, I, I look at, you know, my mentality when I was a player, like all I wanted to do was win. And if and Kyrie's in a position where, he has an opportunity to win, not just win, but win it every single year. Now, you, you got it all. And I'm thinking you got it all. Like, you really got it all. Like, you got the green light on your team. You got one of the best teams in the world. You got your signature shoe. You're on TV almost every week. You got commercials. You got everything. You go to the finals. You got the best team, you got the best, excuse me, player in the world on your team. It's game seven. Your coach calls a timeout. You got the best player in the world on your team. But your coach draws up a play for you. You hit the biggest shot in game seven history, in my opinion, that, I, that I've ever seen. And if it, that's all you really want is people to believe in. You had an opportunity to be able to showcase and do your thing. I don't know what anybody else would ever want. So it is alarming to me. Um, and LeBron James, and we've always said this, is he's got to be the best superstar to play with, with his unselfishness not only on but off the floor. It just it, it it's it's mind-boggling to me. And the only thing that I could think of is maybe just maybe, you know, he 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 likes what Russell what Russell Westbrook did. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to maybe be the MB the MVP of the league. Maybe he wants to be the MVP of the league, and, and he can't do that with LeBron James on his team. Based on your mm-hmm. intel, based on your gut, what you know, is LeBron more likely than not leaving Cleveland after this year? You know, that, that's tough uh, for me to answer, but I, I will say this. like LeBron, to me, doesn't want to leave. He don't want to leave Cleveland. Like He loves Cleveland. He came back for a reason. I thought he came back to end his career there. I'm not telling you he's not going to leave, but you know, and my my inkling will say that he does not want to leave, but I do know that he wants to try to win until he's done playing. So that's going to be up to them. That's going to be up to, to them if they can continue to acquire enough pieces, acquire good enough players um, to 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 make him make him stay. Basically. Well, selfishly, we're glad yeah, you're still we're our teammate. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. And tell you what, next time you want to break some news. 
Why don't you come on our show? How about right. that? Holding back your way out. I didn't even know that was really breaking it until, until the dude misquoted me. It wouldn't have been breaking news if the dude didn't misquote me. All right. Well, you want to be but, misquoted. But, misquote on the stage. Let us misquote you. But just so, just so y'all know, I'm happy to be back, too. Y'all know I love ESPN. I love my job. I'm happy to be back with the squad. No doubt. All right. Thanks a Let's lot, Let's win Charles some championships. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed. All right, big I shot. appreciate it. Thank you, man. Kyrie says he wants to be the focal point of the offense, but he already carried most of the load for the Cavs last season, ranking among the league's top ten players in shots per game and usage percentage. He led Cleveland in both categories and led the team in time of possession per game, holding the ball for about six and a half minutes a night. Tom Havistro, so we're saying that's a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, obviously there's a lot of questions about Kyrie's ability to lead another team, given what his usage percentage and everything looks like right now in Cleveland. Could you see the way that he plays ball, his effectiveness, would that translate to success elsewhere? It hasn't. I mean, all the evidence points to him being an overrated offensive player, or at least an overrated overall player. Uh, Because when he doesn't play with LeBron James, the Cavs go back to being a sub-500 team. In the last three seasons, Jamel, when you look at the games in which Kyrie Irving starts without LeBron James and mostly with Kevin Love, another star, the Cavs are 4-13. And And none of those four wins are by double digits. And they have, in those 13 losses, 10 are by double digits. And so you want to say that he's grown as a basketball player and that he could lead his own team. But all the evidence suggests that he is not at the Russell Westbrook or the James Harden level. He is more on the tier of, of Dame Lillard, of Isaiah Thomas, where you need so much help around them to produce a winning team. So that's that. I think Kyrie thinks he might be on that level of Russell Westbrook and, and, um, and Steph Curry and, Russell, and uh, James Harden. I just don't see it. All the evidence points to that offense being more about LeBron and not about Kyrie. Well, you're basing, it, basing this on the data with Kyrie surrounded by the current cast in Cleveland. Playing devil's advocate here, because I, I agree, it doesn't make much, much basketball sense, him wanting more when he's already getting a big slice of the pie or a big bite of the apple in Cleveland. But let's say project him with his preferred destinations, whether that's San Antonio or Minnesota or even Miami. Could what Kyrie does well fit just as well, in one, if not better, in one of those systems? Because clearly he just wants a change for whatever reason. He, yeah, the, the issue with him, though, is that he's not a facilitator. He's not a distributor. And the reason why I think uh, he's had kind of his reputation completely flipped from being a guy who was starting All-Star games, but they were winning, you know, 30 games. Um, the issue is, like, LeBron James covers up a lot of your warts. And for, you know, for him in San Antonio, Greg Popovich could probably make him into a really good player, but he'd have to change his mentality of mm-hmm. dribbling the ball like crazy into the ground and trying to look for his own shot. Look. LeBron James has changed the legacy and the reputation about, uh, around basically every player he's played with. Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, all guys who no one thought could win on the biggest stage, and then they're all champions. So I think that's the issue, is that Kyrie Irving without LeBron James, and with Kevin, Kevin Love even, he wasn't able to win. So I think the offense, um, it, it's going to be a struggle to play in a system like San Antonio because he has to move the ball right. and he can't have it for 20 seconds. That's what I'm saying. Sources say that he wants his own team. I think his list, his preferred list, suggests that he just doesn't want this team. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, want this one anymore. Great job. Uh, the piece, as usual, on .com. If you haven't read it already, you should be reading Tom Haberstroh. You're doing it wrong. Appreciate you, Stroh. To no one's surprise, 
at Big Ten Media Day. Of course, Jim Harbaugh was on one. Take a listen. Our final head coach is Michigan's Jim Harbaugh. Coach, if you'd give us a few opening remarks, then we'll take questions. Yes, good, uh, good afternoon. Wonderful to be here. Got to come from behind the curtain. Can't, can't enter from in front of the curtain, apparently. Be loud. It's really easy. Ah! Be loud. Yeah. Blue 80! Blue 80! That's the easiest thing about being a quarterback. Of course. And then naturally follow that up with the coach's picture of which he is dressed like he is on the sideline. As much as stay on brand. He, he does, and as much as it pains me to say it. You like him. I was going to ask I you. I do like there's him. There's a small part I of I like him at San Francisco. You right. Know this, right? But I, I you I hate like all him. things Michigan. I like him for get... college football. Good. I do. Good. And I like him for the Big Ten. It's a good take. All right? It's and good take. guess what I like even more? Beating him. That's even better. I knew it was going to come along. Uh, Evan Langoria of the Rays made real sure that none of his teammates spoil Game of Thrones <laughs> for him. His explicit message left on the whiteboard. Speaking of spoilers, so really, Issa, you just going to let Lawrence treat you like a convenience store at the end of it? Lawrence showed weakness. <laughs> I um, think she showed more weakness. Also, Ryan Khalil of the Panthers made a Game of Thrones comparison today, saying, we've obviously taken it too literal with the offing of major characters. I wonder what he thinks about Jack Center, Brandon Linder's huge deal, by the way. Mm. Speaking of <laughs> Look centers. Look get that on in there. Uh, uh, Curry Brothers, they're also Game of Thrones fans. All right, you know what? I, let's just, let's, let's stop pretending. Uh, for those that don't know, neither one of us have seen it because I've we're just. I've seen five episodes. Oh, you have? Yeah, okay. okay, of season one. Can't, had, it was hard to stick with it. Game of Thrones fans, though, they're a little annoying. I thought the Wire fans, I'm a Wire fan, you're a Wire fan. I thought Wire fans were bad. Game of Thrones fans, they take it to another level. Well, maybe we should watch they it and get see what the fuss is about. Don't you feel left out? I, guess. I feel like I felt when I hadn't seen The Wire until late. Um, I'm going to try. The Phillies, this Phillies fan, rather, won over the internet last night. Look at my man, double fisted. Through that blowout Big loss fan. to the Astros. Look, that's the only way Throughout sometimes. Throughout the whole game? The only way sometimes you could dole the pain, Mike. I mean, the Phillies are 34 and 63. What's it got to be so before? Look at this. <laughs> Did anybody was like, hey, you've been overserved? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Look, does that guy look, you know, he's not exactly a young pup. So RG3 was scheduled to work out for the L.A. Chargers today. Of course, played five games for the Browns last season. You think he's still got a career in the NFL ahead of him? I did not, but apparently yeah. somebody felt like they wanted to kick the tires on that. I think we can say the obligatory Colin Kaepernick comment right Can here. he just get a workout? <laughs> right. Like, we passed, like, somebody should sign Colin Kaepernick. It won't even work him out. Right. Just a peek. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just something. <laughs> you know, crazy, no, man. not going to happen. It certainly is an indictment. Um, Michael Vick said he wants to go into coaching, and to that end, he's working as a coaching intern for the Chiefs with his former coach, Andy Reid. Look, there's much worse places and you could start or people you could start under than Andy Reid. So if you want to be tutored, that's the guy to tutor. I can definitely see uh, Michael Vick as a coach. I could, because um, he seems like um, he, the way he's enjoying and consuming the game. Now, just even hearing him talking about flag football when we had him on before, I think I could, I could see this. this I'd like out to for see him. it because it'd be such a, an ironic departure from his reputation as a pocket quarterback in this. Wouldn't that be interesting? You know, Panthers running back and former Oregon Duck Jonathan Stewart arrived to camp in style with a duck themed Audi. Wow. Nice. Also, no Panthers rookie Curtis Samuel dropped off by mom, which. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's awesome. You laughing that because that's great, right? I'm laughing because it's great. Saves on gas. Don't have any apple coming way. for you. She brought Eli last. No, not at all. I think it's okay. cute that that happens. And he don't come it's for a me. Nice car. 
right, before we call it a day, tell the people who had a good day, Jamel. And LeBron. Now, we, we know we talk about him a lot as a player, but as a businessman, he's unbelievable. Uh, his Blaze Pizza is worth between 35 and $40 million after him and his team invested less than $1 million back in 2012. Was it artwork for $1 million two years later? It's like $2 million four years later? John Lackey hit four dudes. <laughs> Chris Bryant got hit with his first ejection against the White Sox, but Wilson Contreras hit a three-run home run. Also, surprise 10-year-old Daniel Rodriguez, who has Down syndrome, hung out with him on his birthday and, of course, hit the home run for him. That's it for us. More sports on ESPN2. Stay tuned for the Humanitarian Awards.